Tech Talk Travel and the Expedia Group are coming together to create highly curated content consisting of articles, videos, infographics and podcasts that are designed for and in support of overall revenue performance for independent hotels. The first topic we are discussing is in support of adoption of revenue performance principles and this will be followed by the creation and release of a further two supporting topics over the course of this year that will cover subjects such as monitoring demand, benchmarking, revenue management from the lens of the traveller, rate value matrix and pricing strategies. Together with the contribution of Chris Bainovitz, Senior Manager for the Revenue Performance Solutions Team at Expedia Group, and Vikram Singh, an independent digital marketing and revenue optimization specialist, we are very excited about bringing this project to you. Today I'm joined by both Chris and Vikram as we discuss in this first podcast of the series, The Adoption of Revenue Performance Principles, in support of the article that's been written by both Chris and Vikram, and the video, and of course the infographic. We hope you find this conversation informative, so let's get into it. I'd like to perhaps open by saying that Revenue optimization strategy is not limited to big box and brand hotels. At any size, a hotel can implement basic strategies and start learning, get comfortable with forecasting, segmentation, pricing, and distribution strategies. So essentially, the more you practice, the more you will be able to grow with your market share and your profits. And I think this is very true. And in this podcast, I'd like to dive a little deeper into each of the four sections that have previously been mentioned in the article. So how do similar independent hotels who are already struggling to recover from the pandemic with many aspects, one big, one being staffing, of course, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges a lot of hotels are feeling, and how would you propose and suggest that they best get things moving when it comes to, in particular, four topics, the first one being forecasting, market segmentation, pricing, and then finally distribution. So obviously forecasting is probably one of the hardest things for any hotelier to really accurately do at the moment. So I'd like to perhaps start by asking Chris, from his perspective, how would you suggest that hotels best approach the forecasting aspect and get started with that particular element? Thank you, Andre. I would definitely agree. Forecasting is certainly one of the, uh, the most critical aspects of uh, driving revenue performance, and it has become increasingly uh, complicated over the last couple of years. And I think it's important to step back and, and really understand why, what is forecasting and why is it important. And it's all about making an educated guess or prediction about what the future is going to look like. And because travel demand has been so volatile and things are, are changing so rapidly in past years, that's ultimately why, uh, one of the reasons why it has become so challenging. And I think to get started, what any hotel operator should look at is first look at the past and get a good understanding of how have I performed in the past? What did that look like um, across seasonality months, days of week, midweek versus weekend, get that baseline understanding of your past performance, as well as as the past performance of your competitors and perhaps the market as well. And then from there, you can begin to look at how am I currently performing and what does the future look like as well. Bringing together that, those past insights current insights, as well as forward-looking insights, all of that together can inform a forecast. And the more data that's relevant that you can bring into it, it will only make that stronger. Uh, and I really think that's, that's ultimately where uh, hoteliers can get started is, is by looking at that past, present, and future um, to get that picture of uh, where things are headed and why they're headed that way. And Vikram, could I ask you to elaborate as well on that from your perspective? I mean, obviously, Chris has mentioned looking at previous uh, data and, and, and identifying 
perhaps patterns from that. But if they're a hotel that perhaps is has limited data, what would be some of the ways that they could, well, let me say limited data that they could rely on or data that's, that's reliable or trustworthy. Uh, how could they best work around that and, and position themselves to be able to be in a strong forecasting position? Um, I think Chris, Chris has really, really good points here on, you know, all the sources, all how far back and where you need to look for it. Uh, the one point that I do want to highlight is uh, for a lot of hotels that have never done this before, it can be really daunting to go and predict a whole year. So I, I think dividing it into smaller portions would, would help a smaller property. So you don't have to predict the whole year ahead of you, but you should start out if it's your first time doing it. Uh, set some goals for the next three to six months and look back and go back another three to six months. I think uh, the data quality is is important, but I think starting to do, to actually you know to actually start doing forecasting is step one. So I I feel that the task becomes a little bit too much when you start thinking that you have to now go ahead and predict the whole year. And this is really hard right now with how things are changing so quickly. So I, I think one of the one of the best approaches that I've seen is you know shorten the window, don't look too far, and at least start doing it. Uh, and as you get good at it, uh, like anything else, you'll start having a, a more accurate forecast. You'll start going further out into the future. So that would be my my biggest recommendation with somebody who's just starting forecasting, you know, it's it's not about tools, it's about just getting a simple spreadsheet and then working with it, just starting two, three, six months out and, and put some numbers down. So that's more, you know, in, in my view, that is the, the most crucial step that a small property can take today. Can you give some examples of, of some specific goals that you would recommend that they should look to uh, be setting for themselves? Sure. If if you're just starting out, you you have to make a prediction on uh, on your revenue, what revenue goals you have. Uh, one of the other really important factors, uh, even more important than rate and occupancy and everything else at the at, in 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 the market right now is is also your cost. So you do need to make money at the end of the day and cost of uh, doing business is really has to be accounted into your forecast because if you are going to get busy you are going to have to hire people at and and it's not that easy to do that right now so that's one of the examples that that I like to use is you know you cannot ignore cost anymore because it has become a, a big factor in the market with with all the, the, the current market conditions right so I think uh, adding that from the very beginning, if you're starting to forecast uh, occupancy, your uh, your your rate, your revenue, your sources you're getting from that Chris mentioned, very important. But one more, you know, thing that I I really want to start people to start looking at and adding into the forecast is what is going to be the cost of me running an 80, 90 percent occupancy because that would really answer some specific uh, profitability questions for you that. You know, you want to make sure that if you're doing well, you're you're still making a profit. You're not just running a full house. Chris, could you add to anything that Vikram may have added to there? I think Vikram made a great point there in terms of the the benefits of forecasting as you think about the top line revenue, but then also the importance of forecasting to think about your your profit as well, and the impact that a solid forecast can have to help you plan your operational decisions. And, and I think just, you know, an, an easy one to think of there is uh, when you're forecasting high demand, uh, how much staff, how much housekeeping staff do you need? Uh, when you have low demand conditions, can you pull back on that, right? So just some simple ways um, to think about the cost side of it as well from an operational standpoint. Um, and then I think one other thing that I'd love to just, you know, call out here is, you know, we, we've mentioned a couple of times, uh, forecasting can seem daunting. Um, there's a lot that can go into it. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, maybe doesn't always seem very approachable. Uh, and I think really what's important is when you start forecasting and when you get into forecasting, uh, setting some goals for yourself 
uh, in terms of the accuracy that you want to achieve, right? So how accurate do you think you can get your forecast? And ultimately, it's going to take time to get a very highly accurate forecast. Uh, it's, it's not easy right off the bat, but chipping away at it, um, continuing to, to make it a habit um, to look at your forecasts, to optimize them. Over time, it's going to get better. You're going to learn uh, what works and what doesn't. You'll be able to tweak it based on that. And I think that's, that's just a great one to, to remember for everyone is that, um, you know, uh, it might not always be the most accurate right when you start, um, but, but you can chip away and, and you know, keep at it. And, and the more you do it, and the, the more you practice, the better it will become. Okay, very good. So moving on into um, the second element that I'd like to cover, which is market segmentation. Obviously, when dividing travelers into market segments, it's also a very important part of understanding how a hotel can, can um, focus on their, on their budgets, their forecasting, et cetera. So in your opinion, what are some of the key considerations hoteliers, especially now in this post-COVID uh, world that we're living in, what are some of the key considerations hoteliers should be aware of when it comes to identifying their market segments and um, working towards facilitating them? Chris, let's start with you. I think when we think about market segmentation, uh, what I always like to do is try to put myself in the, the shoes of the traveler, right? And I think it's, um, it's not always easy to do that. Um, but I think the more that we think from the traveler's perspective, it can really benefit when, when thinking of market segmentation. So overall, some of the things to consider uh, are what are the motivations of, of travelers right now? What were they in the past and what are they now? And I think in a lot of ways, um, the motivations to travel are different now. Um, people are planning more purpose-driven trips. Uh, they're more interested in sustainability. Um, heading into this year and into the summer months in some areas, people are looking to spend more time vacationing and more time traveling. And I think we're seeing that in a lot of regions around the world. Um, so what are some of those general motivations, right? Um, are people traveling for leisure? Are they traveling for corporate? Or are they traveling for a group? Those are kind of some of the basics there. Um, and then really, once you dive into that, right? Why are they traveling? What is the purpose of, of their travel? Um, what is their behavior? So um, how are certain types of, of travelers uh, searching? How are they booking? Uh, how much are they willing to pay? How long uh, on average might certain travelers stay and you know how far in advance are they likely to book all of those things I think are some of the those critical um, you know entry ingredients to really understand who are the travelers that are interested to stay at your property who are the travelers coming to your market um, as well as who are who are some of the travelers that are coming to your market that haven't previously stayed at your property are those travelers that make sense for your business? Um, and if so, you know, what can you do differently to, uh, to capture their interest and, and their attention? And Vikram, could you perhaps talk to us a little bit about the benefits of segmenting on the back of what Chris has just mentioned? Sure. And, and again, you have, to, uh, you have to understand where your business is coming from, right? And I, I strongly feel that uh, hotels uh, in general should or have to now with, with, with the market that we're in, not try and be all things to all people. So the cost of marketing has gone up as well. So like anything else with inflation, I, I think if you segment where your business is coming from and as Chris mentioned, what is the motivation for their travel? You need to then be a part of that journey instead of trying to flash your ads all over the internet for example, which is you know not a very cost-effective way of doing marketing. So I think it helps you at the very top of the funnel where you are looking for business. You're not looking for business, which you pretty much know is not the ideal audience for your property. So that, that'll really help you with the cost, with keeping your marketing really buttoned up. And then further down at the bottom of the funnel, you know, as you are converting them and as they're coming to your property, uh, and I and I really want to tie in operations here uh, from from a hotel perspective. What kind of a product you're offering, and is that really clicking in with the market segment? You know, your 
your reviews will answer a lot of these questions for you. And I think uh, uh, the era of having a little bit more communication with your guests uh, is, is upon us. So I think just talking to your audience and you know, even after they are at your property will really help you with operations and, and running, just running a better business because, you know, it takes off a lot of pressure from you when you're trying to be all things to everyone, you really don't know uh, what language to speak, right? So I think, uh, I think market segmentation will uh, actually help you lighten up your, your workload a little bit because you'll have clarity uh, on who you're selling to or who's staying with you. So you kind of, you know, maybe mold the product a little bit more in that direction. Uh, so I think, you know, that for, for me, uh, market segmentation's tying beyond uh, just pricing strategy. It's also tying into your marketing and then also how the operations at the property are going to be run. I like the fact that you brought up the, the point of actually talking to your guest and getting feedback from them as well, even after they've left the property. I think that's a very important aspect because it also makes sure that from an operations perspective, you can really keep that blade very sharp in terms of exactly where you want to be. Chris, could you perhaps maybe give us a little bit of context on the best ways that hotels might be able to do that uh, with, with minimal effort, if you like? So how are some of the most productive ways that hotels can get that type of feedback from, from their guests? I think when it comes to, to getting feedback from guests, uh, thankfully, there's, there's some great ways that technology can help there now. Um, uh, and I think some traditional ways as well is, is just um, when you have guests at your property, right? Um, ensuring that your, your front of the house team is, is asking the right questions um, to, to understand uh, what were their motivations, right? Why, why are they at the property? Um, how is their stay? Um, what might they potentially come back for? Uh, and I think there's there's some great ways to to automate that and and make it a little bit easier as well um, through emails and through through different um, portals based on based on how the guests book. Um, so I really think it's it's a mixture of some of that traditional approach uh, of face to face and and leveraging technology as well to uh, to to stay in touch and to have some automated um, uh, outreach there. Um, and then continue that conversation as well. And I think continuing that is, is, is a, a super critical uh, piece. Yeah, I agree. There are some very good um, automotive tools out on the market today that can certainly help with that. Uh, Vikram, would you like to add any, any extra piece to that before we uh, go to the next question? Uh, no, I, I, you know, again, it's, it, it really, the, the segmentation, uh, the historically segmentation has been, uh, just dividing your your beans, just see where the money's coming from, and let's just focus on that. But you know, it's uh, I think the 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 big change is now looking at the whole picture, and segmentation is just beyond a tab on your spreadsheet at this point, right? So you could use it on both sides, even before anyone's come to your property, and then also even after they've checked out. There's a there's a lot of information you could still collect, and all of that is part of a a successful uh, segmentation journey, if you want to call it that. Our next topic that we're moving into is pricing. But before we do that, I'd like to just ask as well, does, in your opinions, and both, this is a question for both of you, and I'll ask Vikram first, does pricing play a role in market segmentation? And if so, to what extent? Pricing is, is, a, is one of your you know, biggest tools. <laughs> I, I think uh, pricing is probably... M- really important, much more important today than it was uh, when, when things are things were really, really going great, or even when the things slow down. I, I think pricing is uh, the connector to the value of your product. And I think people have become really smart about uh, how they are going to travel in, 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 in the next coming three to six uh, months. And everybody has an, a very clear understanding at this point, uh, and at least I'm hoping at this point that things are not going to cost the same. So as long as you have that understanding, uh, I think uh, you really want to at, at, uh, use that information and and understand that you know without the right pricing strategy, 
you will either uh, be extremely busy, but not really make a lot of money at the end of the day because the costs are going up or uh, you do a, a fantastic job of pricing, you charge a fair price, uh, you balance it out with upgrades to the product and you really watch your business grow and and your market share go up because now, you know, let's talk about that because pricing, a good pricing strategy also will help you capture the right market share that, that, that you need. Chris, would you, would you like to add to that? Largely, I agree with everything Vikram just said there. And, and I think when I think of, of pricing, as, as we touched on, um, your price needs to align with, with the value of your product and services, right? And um, more than ever now, travelers have, it's easier for them to, to understand um, what your product is, right? What, what does your property offer to them in terms of the, the various products and services and amenities? And it's easier than ever to, to compare as well. And I think ultimately there's a large number of factors that come to play when, when someone is deciding uh, which property to choose for their next trip. And pricing still stands out as, as one of the most important there. Um, and uh, I, I definitely don't, don't see that changing. I think there's, there's more and more factors to include, but, but pricing is a, a super critical um, piece of that. Absolutely. What role does getting pricing right given the pandemic has only added to the costs involved in running a hotel. So, so how important is it? And what role does that play when it comes to life in a post pandemic environment? Yeah, I think uh, getting pricing right is, is more important than ever, right? Because um, there was a you know, significant period there during the pandemic. And, and this is still the case in, in some regions where demand isn't back to what it was. And, and there was uh, a lot of, potential revenue lost over the last couple of years. And I think as demand returns, it's more important than ever to capture that, right? And, and to maximize your revenues and, and to ensure that your costs are aligned so you can maximize your profits as well. So um, leaving money on the table is, is not, is not a, a really an option. And I think um, you know, that's, that's the way that, that hotel operators are looking at it and, and owners and, and managers, and asset managers as well. So. I think uh, getting the pricing right is is absolutely critical, um, and I think you just need to look at you know what are your realistic goals, um, and you know what do you need to do to achieve them. And I think in terms of you know setting your price, uh, of course, as we've mentioned, looking at the costs of that, um, and then just just jumping back to to one of the first things you said as well, right, and the importance of forecasting. And I think. Um, the, the more you're able to inform your forecast and, and better understand what does the future look like, um, the, the better position you're in to set relevant prices that, that will capture uh, travelers' interest and, and ensure that, that you can get the right travelers in the door for your property that, that make the most sense for your business. And Vikram, what, are, what in your opinion would be some of the primary costs that hotels need to consider when it comes to pricing their rooms? Uh, the the big, uh, I guess the 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 nine hundred pound gorilla here is, or or the big thing here is uh, is operational costs because they have changed. So ev with everything getting more expensive, uh, you know, you cannot just uh, look at your comp set. You can't just look at the hotels around you and say, "Hey, I need to be in line," or "or I need to be above or below." Uh, that is a little bit outdated way of looking at pricing. Uh, I think what we really need to start looking at is what is it costing us uh, to run a hotel? What is the day-to-day -day cost? And what are some of the fixed costs? What are some of the costs that go up and down with occupancy? And once you segment those two, you should be able to charge a fair uh, daily rate. And you know, one of the things I, I want to highlight is uh, even today, a lot, of, and this is more of an independent assets more than uh, I would say any branded property out there is uh, value perception. And uh, I just don't think uh, a lot of uh, hotels are comfortable asking for money when they should be because their product is good. Their product's better than anything else in the market. But just because they're looking at comp set rates or they're just, you know, this is how we've always done that mindset is kind of detrimental because even if you're pulling in a high rate uh, that you usually do, uh, your costs have gone up as well. 
So I, I again, you know, getting back to looking at the full picture here with pricing, I think uh, more than uh, competitors, more than looking at reports or any market data report that you subscribe to, that is just a direction uh, of the market, right? That's just a summary or a feel of how the market's doing or where the market's going. But using that data to set pricing is not, not advisable anymore because now you have to look at costs. You have to see what is the minimum amount you need in order to stay in business. Chris, would you like to add on that? I mean, the Vikram's also kind of touched a little bit on our uh, third question when it comes to pricing. But before we move there, is there any other primary costs that uh, hotels should consider when it comes to pricing their rooms in, in a current environment today? Actually, I think Vikram nailed it there. So I'm not sure I have much to add in, in terms of those, uh, those primary costs. That was, that was spot on. Okay, great. Then looking at location and competitors, Vikram's discussed this a little bit already. How much do these factors play into pricing today? I mean, I think hotels are starting to identify that seeing what's going on with their comp set and, and if they're dropping their rates, some hotels may think to themselves, no, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold, I've got confidence in my product. Others may still feel threatened and, and, and feel that they need to drop their rates in order to be in the, in the same pricing area. But I'm not convinced that that's really the way it should be, but I'd like to get your opinion on that, and especially around not only location, but also seasonal uh, changes and impacts. So how much of these still, if at all, play uh, into pricing strategies today? I think they do still factor into it. Um, and, and maybe they're not the, the primary uh, factors, right? As we've discussed in, in terms of setting your price, you need to look within. Um, I think if you're, you're entering a new market, then location and competitors are are important to understand you know what is the what is the potential right what is the baseline right now but i think once you've once you've got a um you know a solid look at how you should price based on what is your what is the value of your property what are your costs all of those types of things um then i think looking at your competitive set is is just something that um that can give you some signals right but it shouldn't always um uh, sway you in one direction or another. And I think, you know, as you look at competitive set, one of the important things is to, to set some benchmarks, right? So um, after identifying who is your competitive set, and, and of course that can change, but once you have a good feel for who are your relevant competitors, um, benchmarking and better, you know, understanding how does my value compare to theirs? How do they price compared to, to my property? Um, those still are important because Travelers do compare. They they search. They look at a lot of different options uh, when once they've decided on the market or the location they're coming to. Um, so I think it's it's important to see how are your competitors moving. Um, and I think there's also some signals you can get from that, right? If if you look at your competitive set and you see that most of your competitors are increasing their rate over a period of dates, um, but you're not maybe that's an indication to you, right? That there's some sort of demand out there that you're not capturing. Um, and it can just be a signal to, to help you understand where to dive into, right? And, and maybe there's something you're missing out on. Um, maybe it's an event or something else uh, that you just weren't aware of. And, um, and, then, uh, and then based on that, of course, you might need to tweak um, you know, your pricing. Uh, to, to attract certain certain types of travelers. Vikram, would you like to add to anything around what Chris has just said? No, I, I he he's caught he's got the you know he he definitely nailed that that one. Two things I want to share specifically with competitors. You know, it's it's a great idea to keep an eye on them, look at their rates, but the cost that one property has versus another are not going to be similar. And this is kind of hard to believe, but you know, if you really look at two properties in the same market, and I've had the opportunity to do that, uh, they both have a whole different labor flow, a whole different cost structure. It, it's really varied. And if they're going to be looking at each other's rates, they're both selling each other short. So I think the, the short sell is something you need to watch out for. And with competitors, I think a bigger thing to do than just to look at their rates, I, I recommend doing this, is actually going into the comp set hotels 
uh, walk in, just look at the product and uh, and let them know you, you just want to come and hang out. Like you don't have to be a, be a spy here and, and try and break into their, their hotel. You could just go in and see uh, what is, you know, what is uh, what the kids call, what's the vibe of the place right now? Like how is, how is it doing? How does it look like? Any product updates, any big changes? I think that research will help you way more with your pricing strategy than just clicking behind a monitor and looking at their rates, right? So that's my my first big point here is, uh, you know, put some, some boots on the ground, as they say, and go and look at these hotels, see what changed between the pandemic, the shutdown, reopening, has the product changed, have the people around there changed? And this will really give you a lot of insights. It doesn't take a lot of time, uh, but it'll really give you a real world feel of what your competitors are doing. The second, uh, and, and and Chris mentioned this as well, you, you know, as an independent asset, you can always use the big brands with all of their fancy softwares and, and pred prediction tools. Uh, do a search and you'll see the compression dates. You'll see what dates things are happening. Always look at your local calendar, uh, whatever town you're in, uh, uh, you know, Miami Grand Prix is coming up. Look at the hotel rates. They're, they're through the roof right now. So you know something is coming if you don't read the news or if, you, if you're not in touch with your local market, which you really should get active with at this point, uh, because your location is why people are coming there, not just your product or, or you open a hotel there. That's not why people are coming there, right? So uh, piggyback off of that, do your own research. But then if you see blips in the market, ups and downs, uh, then you know, instead of looking at the whole year, every single day, you have specific periods now where you need to solve the mystery of why the rates are how they are in the market. So that is some really good insight. It'll help you catch yourself uh, over or selling too high or too low and, and kind of make a little bit of a correction. But I think the, uh, uh, the, the brand hotels th throw a lot of uh, tools at this at, at the calendar right so you can piggyback off of some of that and and take notes that's great advice i also love the the fact that you mentioned actually going to your competitors and seeing in person what they're actually up to then let's move on to distribution because i know this is always a very hotly discussed topic when it comes to the ways that hotels should be selling their rooms um, there's see we've seen since covid a tremendous increase in direct bookings come into hotels. Um, so hotels perhaps have felt that there's an opportunity there to, to maybe get some of that, that opportunity back as, as post-COVID uh, travelers come back into their hotels. But there's a lot to be said about also, you know, the indirect opportunities as well and working with third-party channels, you know, such as the OTAs. So, I'd like to ask, first of all, from both of you to perhaps give us, uh, in your, your perspective, what would be, uh, and I think it really varies from, this is what I would think anyway, it varies from hotel to hotel based on their market segment, the property that they have, the market that they're going after. But Vikram, why don't we start with you? In your opinion, what's the right kind of mix for the average hotel, the standard hotel when it comes to direct or indirect or both? What, what should they be really be, be focusing on and looking at? Well, the direct uh, versus indirect is uh, a hotly contested uh, uh, a debate in the market at any given time uh, with or without the pandemic. People are, have very strong opinions about it. Uh, with, uh, with advancing age, I've become a little bit more uh, uh, relaxed about this and and you know you you hear a lot about direct revenue direct revenue uh, is the most important nothing else matters that I, I understand that but also there's a cost to direct direct revenue doesn't just come for free and I think it's really important like anything else when you are talking about distribution assign a cost to it what does it cost you to get this guest at this price? And what is the cost of, if you were to get them directly, how much money you would have to spend? And there are enough travelers in the world, believe it or not, the, the, the world population is pretty high and everyone's planning to travel in the next year or two years. So I wouldn't think of it as you know feast and famine. I would really look at it as 
really holistically look at it and see what fits best for you. So if I had to throw a percentage out there, yes, over 50%, you should be getting direct because you're there, you're, you're, you're a small independent property. Yes, that should be ideal to get at least half of everything you get because people know who you are or found you online or any of the other reasons, right? But at the same time, what you should ask of your distribution channels is, are they both hunting in the same little pond or is one channel hunting for business in a location or in a market where you have no intention of going, neither do you have the budgets to, to go there. I don't know if that made sense, but you have to uh, understand where the business is coming from and kind of ties into segmentation that we talked about. Uh, distribution is the same way. There is, there is no free lunch. There is cost of direct and there's cost of indirect. You just want to make sure that both of your those two channels are not competing with each other, but going out there and hunting for you a whole different market. And that would really drive your, your, your occupancy, your rate. Everything else will come together because that's a healthy mix at this point uh, instead of assigning like a flat percentage that I need you know, X amount of percentage direct and nothing else matters. That, that kind of viewpoint is kind of turning old school at this point. People, you, you really have to broaden your, your horizons a little bit and uh, look at the cost of, uh, cost of doing business. Yeah, I think you make a great point that uh, both channels or both options do come with a cost factor. <clears throat> Could you perhaps give us an example, some classic examples of what traditional costs would be with direct versus indirect? Sure. Uh, so direct would, you know, your direct revenue costs are are different uh, than, than indirect. Direct revenue costs would be... Uh, you know, you are paying for software, you are paying for a website, you're paying for uh, people to manage that. Uh, you cannot be doing everything, even with a, with a small property, you cannot be possibly good at all of the online stuff and at distribution and at everything else. And then, you know, even when somebody answers the phone on your property, they stop doing what they were doing and that's their job now is to answer questions and, and try and make a reservation. So if you add up all of that, there is a cost involved with direct. So you should be aware that a hundred dollar booking is costing me X amount. And it, again, don't go for hundred percent accuracy, but at least have that benchmark in place where, you know, if it came from my website, it still costed me X amount of dollars. Now, indirect costs are very clear. You're paying a commission. Uh, it's predetermined. In that case, you look at that number and, uh, that number is always going to be a little higher than what the direct costs are. Of course, that that's how, how that's the nature of the business, right? But the question there at that point is getting back to where this business came from, try and investigate the source, the geolocation, where, how, and when, because uh, those people did not come indirect because they didn't know your direct source existed. People have, we, we give guests very little credit. I think guests are smarter than we like to think. And a lot of people have a booking pattern at this point where or how they like to proceed and, and make a booking. So the direct people will go direct, the indirect will go indirect. So you, if you plan on shutting either or down, you, you're really selling yourself short. So you need to have a little bit of a balanced approach, if, if that made sense. No, it totally does. Uh, Chris, would you like to add anything to that uh, from what Vikram explained? I think to to that last part there, right? In in terms of um, uh, you know uh, how how travelers book, right? Um, are, are some always going to book direct, and, and maybe some always indirect? Uh, I think you know the the more global the the world is now, um, and we you know, I just think of myself, right. And, and if I'm taking a, a trip overseas, um, I want to see what's out there. Right. And, you know, once I've decided the destination I'm going to, uh, I want to see what all my options are. Um, and maybe I won't return there again. Right. So, um, there's, uh, you know, a, as we think sometimes of direct or indirect and, and creating that loyalty, um, it's, it's not always possible for, for small independent operators. And I think what's key there is to really just think of who are the travelers coming to your market? 
um, how can you attract them, right, um, on direct channels and indirect channels, and and what is the um, you know uh, what is the likelihood of certain guests uh, to return, um, and and which channels do they book through? Yeah, excellent. I mean that that leads well into our next question, which I'd like to ask you as well. Is in your opinion, how do smaller hotel operators best position their properties in today's online market so that it best sets them apart from essentially everyone else? Yeah, this is, this is a great one. Um, and I think the, the first thing to mention is, is to be visible, right? Because again, there, there are so many options out there for travelers and different ways that they can book, um, whether that's direct or online travel agencies, GDS, um, there's, there's a lot of ways, right? So I think the first is just ensuring that you're visible um, to a variety of different travelers. Um, you're you're going to have travelers that are loyal to a specific online travel agency, for example. Um, so don't limit, um, you know, uh, you know the, the different types of distribution channels that you can that you can leverage. I think that part is critical. And I think when it comes to smaller hotel operators as well. Um, really think about well, what's unique, what sets your property apart um, and how can you, you know, how can you build on that, right? And content is, is key, whether, no matter the distribution channel, ensuring that you've got high quality photos, ensuring that it's super easy to find out about all of your amenities and services, no matter the channel, um, make sure that when a traveler does see you, it's really easy for them to understand what is your property offer and um, what is different about your property. And I think for, for small hotel operators, um, it's, they, they have more differentiators, right? They're, they're not um, a, uh, let's you know, use the term of like a cookie cutter property that exists all over the world. There's something unique about them, right? And I think really figuring out what is that, that unique aspect to your business and how can you differentiate is is um is critical um and i think another thing as well that, that can help small operators is you know playing off that unique and that differentiator is is social social media um you, you might have a little bit more leverage there um to really showcase your property and um help people understand um you know what's different about you and, and why they have such a good experience if they chose your property Okay, very good. Uh, Vikram, moving on, I'd like to also ask you, in your opinion, what are some of the best channels that hotels should consider? I mean, obviously, we've spoken a lot about the direct channel, um, and Chris has touched on uh, the benefits of, of others. But in, in your opinion, that, you know, because there are so many other possibilities out there, what, what would you say are those possibilities? And how can hotels really start to get in on, on that action? What's the best way for them to approach them? Because there are others outside of just the OTA. So what's, what's the best way for them to approach that? Well, the, the, channel, uh, the, the channel market is, is ever expanding with new sites and, and, and new options coming online all the time. But uh, the basics are still direct and direct, right? It, it really boils down to those two. So I, I think uh, hunting for uh, the time spent hunting for new channels uh, could also be spent on making yourself stand out and be a little bit more different online. And, and yeah, as, as Chris, Chris mentioned, photos, content, all of those things are uh, are really crucial here. And, you know, if you're looking at uh, between direct and indirect, you've taken care of 90% of it. And, you know, you might find that somewhere along the way, uh, uh, social media is, is, is helping you as an independent property, but then it, it again, involves effort. Uh, it, it, I, I think nothing, nothing requires more effort for me, at least than social media does. So I, I'm, I'm, I kind of stay away from it, but, uh, I, I think, uh, bigger than channel hunt, hunting or, or figuring out like what, where else, uh, I can, I can be, I would, you know, instead take the energy and, uh, try not to be, uh, one of the big things with independent hotels that, that I like to say all the time, try not to sound or look like or be like a cookie cutter brand uh marriott hotel right you're you're independent you need to come out and say that and you need to own that and that 
that ownership comes from content, social, your website, your Google listing, and you know uh, Google is still the go-to place, not just for uh, research phase, booking phase, but one of the big turnarounds, one of the big changes that that I've, I've extensively written about is how it's also in uh, in the in majorly in the review business at this point. So reviews are really crucial as well because uh, channel performance is uh, is due to your price, but the price has to be backed by product. And then the product has to be uh, reviewed by a third-party source, not just you saying you're the best, right? It has to come from uh, from other places. So, you know, I would, for a smaller property between direct and, and uh, let's say OTAs, you're pretty covered from a distribution standpoint. Uh, where you need to stand out is really how you talk about your property, the content, the photos, reviews, and those things really will uh, help you get the most out of whatever channels you're playing with. I think there's some very, very uh, strong quality points that, that's been mentioned in that. And moving forward, I'd like to just perhaps as we come to the end of our session today, I'd like to ask each of you just one final question uh, when it comes to distribution and the channels. What, if really any in today's market, role does location play now when it comes to a hotel's choice in their distribution channels? Historically, that's maybe been a, a factor, but does that, is that still the case today? And, and is that something that uh, is of importance? Chris, why don't we start with you? I think it is. It is still highly important. And I think if, if we just think of uh, it at a high level, right? Um, in North America, there's certain distribution channels that are gonna contribute um, higher if you're based, your property based in North America, right? And you're driving domestic business. If you're looking to drive international business and you're based in North America, there might be certain channels that, that are going to contribute higher. Um, so I think uh, looking at it from like a large super region type of perspective, yes, of course, um, there's certain channels that, that can drive more business to you. And I think going down from there, right? Um, think of it at a, a market level, right? Who are the types of travelers coming to your market? Maybe, maybe you're a property in a city uh, that is very business oriented and there's not a lot of leisure there. There's going to be certain channels that, that can um, potentially drive more business your way. Or maybe you're a major city that has a mix of business and leisure, right? Like uh, New York City. Um, there's probably more distribution channels you can tap into there um, to be most successful. And, and I think that goes on and on, right? Like, are you in a tertiary uh, location? Are you in a resort? Um, I think, uh, I think, different distribution channels um there's there's pros and cons right and i think um you know based on your location i think there's there's uh, certainly ways to leverage that and and to make sure you're, you're driving the, the right business and focusing on on the right channel uh, avikra would you like to add anything to that again this is location is is crucial for everything uh from you know from forecasting all the way to yeah. to marketing and everything else but when it when it comes down to distribution channels, one of the things I'm I'm really noticing is that it feels, at least now, it does feel that everything uh, is connected. Uh, you know, not to sound like a like a guru here, but I I think it's fairly easy for you to find a property in some of the most remote places on Earth. It's become fairly easy for you to get there. Uh, a good example would be I, I, I live in Hawaii. You have to get on an airplane to get here. There's no driving. There's no drive market here. So yes, there, uh, you know, airfare is a big driver. But when it comes to just selling hotel rooms, you will be selling them direct and uh, and through the OTAs and through all the other channels. It's just that there'll be an added cost to get to your property. So you should be, you know, I, I think for me. Uh, more than a, a channel differentiation, you look at how easy or how hard it is to get to you and how do people do that? So, you know, instead of just thinking uh, one channel or the other would do better, uh, you leave that to the channels to work on, right? That's what you're paying them the big bucks for. So let them go and hunt the market for you and bring you people how they get to you is a mode of transport question and, and location question. So 
you really want to go ahead and start uh, researching that. Keep an eye on airfare, for example, if you're on an island. Keep an eye on cost of travel, or uh, you know, uh, airfare is, like I said, one of the big uh, one of the big things you need to you need to keep an eye on. But I don't think that that would change your direct revenue versus OTA or any other channel. People are researching globally. And uh, like I said, it, you could book a hotel in some of the most remote places in 10 minutes at this point. So we're very well connected. So you don't have to worry about uh, uh, missing out. As long as you have your basics in place and your visibility that Chris mentioned, if you're visible, people will find you. That's just how, how it is these days. Yeah, that's very true. The world is very small. That's that's uh, great advice, and and uh, from both of you, I've really enjoyed actually this conversation. I think you've um, you've both raised some excellent points and some really thought-provoking areas for any hotelier that's wanting to uh, improve in these areas and focus on on any of those elements within their own business. So. We are coming close to the uh, the hour, so I think we'll wrap it up there. And um, I'd like to thank both of you for uh, joining me in this session for this uh, piece that we're putting together in collaboration with Expedia. And we will be uh, releasing and preparing uh, another round of content in the mid of the year and then a final piece in, in October of this year. So uh, if you're listening, please do keep an eye out for further content around this particular uh, subject matter where we go into other aspects of revenue management principles. And of course, if you haven't already, please do make sure to read the article, have a look at the video, and of course, the infographic. All of that material is in support of everything that we've discussed uh, on this session. And I'm sure uh, no matter how you'd like to consume your content, you'll find the right piece that will be uh, appropriate for you. So until next time, gentlemen, thank you both again for, for taking the time and for joining us on this session. I found it very enlightening and I'm sure our listeners did as well. And um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the next session when we get round to it. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Great, always great, uh, great points. Always good, good, good chatting with you. And uh, thank you so much. I'll pile on there. Yes. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Vikram. Great discussion and I uh, look forward to the next one. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thanks, gentlemen. And once again, thank you all. And until next time, it's bye for now. <laughs>